0: You may be seated. For the church here, first we have Advent, then Christmas, then Epiphany, and then last week, Transfiguration, my favorite Sunday. And now, we're in Lent. Soon, Easter. All that, all of those things, are about sin. God dealing with sin. This place, this place, Christian church is here for one reason. For God to expose, but then also to remove your sin. That's the only business of the church. We're not supposed to be up all about politics or social causes or any of those things. The primary concern is sin and its removal. That's why you're here. Or at least should be. The purpose of Lent, of Christ... Of the church is to take away your sin God's forgiveness acting doing everything because of your sin unfortunately if we don't think that our sin is so serious deadly doesn't eventually give you up debt then we don't really need the church we don't need Jesus Christ What good is a bloody savior that no one needs? So we end up going through the motions of religion. After all, nothing really happens here that interests us. Some enterprising folks have redefined the church as a social club or a charitable organization where you can do, quote, nice things for others who need it. Dr. Bierman at the seminary has has spoken about the church being defined as nice people sitting around being nice to each other, talking about how nice it is to be nice. But it's more than that. The idea is that we're all fine and good and squared away. It's these other people out there who need our deliverance. Well, that is true also. Every neighbor needs your mercy and your charity, but that's not why we're here primarily. If we ever lose sight of the fact that we are poor, miserable sinners, as our old liturgy likes to say, and where every single word of that hurts, poor, miserable sinners, we don't want to hear any of those. If we lose sight of that fact, that of all the people in the world, we are the most guilty, the most sinful, the most unclean, that my sin whether it is secret or out in the open, drives me out of heaven into hell forever. That hell is a real bitter place, total isolation, misery, you get the idea that you are never separated from your terror. If we ever lose sight of these things, that we need deliverance from our sin, And our children need deliverance from their sin, and our co-workers and their friends and classmates, we all need deliverance from sin if we lose sight of the quiet tragedy in us, behind all the easy grins and laundered clothes, then the church has lost its purpose. God put this church here, in this town, this very place for you, so that he can take away your sin. That's why he is here right now. So a pastor, any pastor, if he is to speak truthfully and is not a liar, must stand before even all the, quote, good people who have come and announce what is true about us, including me, that sin has infected you with death, You can't escape it. It's festering in your deepest parts, working all the way down and all the way through. Of course, the world, and even we Christians sometimes, defend ourselves. Say, we're mostly good deep down. Well, maybe they ought to bury me eight feet down, because deep down, I'm a good person. But boy, if we mean it then the world and we don't understand sin at all. Sin rots us. It decays. It perverts everything it touches, and it touches you and me. Proof? Have you ever been sick? Mistreated someone, friend or enemy? Enemies are a lot easier to mistreat, it's more fun. What grudge are you still holding, even here in this place? Have you ever been rejected and even once known tears? Have you suffered an accident? These things are not God's judgment on you for specific sins, but they are signs of the sin that is on you, on all people, on all of creation. These things cannot happen to a sinless people in a pure, sinless world. It's all residue, sometimes a thick residue of sin. I can prove you touched a hot stove by showing you your burning fingers. I can show you your sin by showing you your pain, your weakness, your anger, and your bitterness in this world, and we've all got it. Now, if your marriage is perfect, Your children are perfect. Your health is perfect. Your house is perfect. Your school is perfect. If nothing ever breaks down, if nothing ever disappoints, if nothing ever hurts, if everything is all milk and honey, then relax, you're safe. Actually, go home. You will live forever even without Christ. I mean, who needs it in that case? Still all here, that's good. If your life is not perfect, your health is not perfect, your family is not perfect, then something deadly is causing it all, all of this grief. And Jesus has brought you here to deal with it, to take it away from you. It's not God doing these things. God doesn't break things for a hoot or pollute or trouble things. God is peace and not chaos around you. Love, not hate. Life, not death in you, although sometimes the muddled way that we perceive things, we're not too sure. We suspect him sometimes. If chaos and hatred and sickness and suspicion and death have invaded your life and your family, then you ought best recognize it. It is this, sin has corrupted you and deep, and me too. We are ruined by it and condemned by it. It is a wilderness, a wasteland out there, and we are lost in it forever apart from Christ. But Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Look beside you in this wilderness, this desert. I don't mean the surroundings around you, but I mean the world the way it is. There is also Jesus alone, starving, also miserable, also like you, stalked and hunted by Satan, seeking whom he may devour. This is why Jesus is here. This is Jesus on his way to dying too. Why is Jesus here in the wilderness? He's never sinned. His body Flesh and bone and heart and soul are pure and holy in the biggest way possible. Why is Jesus in this barren place, hungry, tempted, suffering like this? Don't you know? He's here because you are here. Jesus cannot and will not stay in heaven's peace and glory while you are here alone suffering. If you lose all things, he loses all things. If you starve and Sweat and squirm, he too must starve and sweat and squirm. If you suffer condemnation, he suffers condemnation. If you are to die, he must die too. Jesus loves you too much to leave you alone here in sin's desert. This world, even with its bright excitements and occasional splendor and excellent advertising. All at Satan's tempting disposal. While this world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will, like Luther wrote, Jesus is by your side upon the plain. Where you are and where the fight is, that's where Jesus is. And Jesus will do this fight himself. Hang on a tree, rise from the dead, ascend into heaven. He holds the field victorious. So something more is happening here. Wherever Jesus walks in this desert, new life springs up everywhere he goes. Your life. Life from heaven, from God, directly to you. Like a leafy green tree heavy with fruit in the middle of a desert where you didn't at all expect it. A tree of life to eat from. And so to eat and get life. Even after the Garden of Eden tree is long gone. I spent a great deal of my life in the desert. It may seem foreign to some of you, but it is nothing out there. There is nothing out there. I've often remarked that in Arizona, everything that's not you is trying to kill you. It's actually a more apt metaphor for the world around us. But Jesus is there. And all of a sudden there's a tree. And there he is bringing up a spring of life-giving water bubbling up in the middle of your desert and he's shouting out defiantly against Satan and all of his carefully cultivated drought that surrounds you. Jesus shouts one word, forgiven. Jesus suffers, Jesus starves, Jesus wanders in this bitter 40-day wilderness for one reason, because you are here. But He's not just here to empathize with you, just to say, oh, that's tough. That's pretty bad, isn't it? He's here to finally get you out of here. To recreate you. To take you back to heaven to His Father. That's why the Holy Spirit led Him to the the desert, to your spot. And so He brings life down from heaven to our place in the wilderness. He brings food down from heaven, healing for you, for your hurt mind, your heart, your bruised body, your soul, all of you. God authored you. He wrote you, and he wrote your name. Sin may wreck you, so death claims you, but Christ heals you of death, forgives and perfects you. His water is the only water in the wilderness that will save you. And so he says, and it happened to many of you, right? In that font, I baptize you with it in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And his food is the only food that will nourish you to life everlasting. So take and eat, take and drink. This is my body, this is my blood given for you for a purpose, for the forgiveness of sins, here is life from heaven in this wilderness around us. Here is deliverance from Satan and all His works and all His ways. Here, in this place is cleansing for all of your sin. This is why your God is in the wilderness with you, because you are here. Why His body, the church is here, even right here in Prairie Town, Illinois. Why you are here in this very moment. This life, this deliverance, this cleansing is yours. And now your sin is deadly on you, but your God is with you and he has delivered you. Jesus is often called the great physician and for good reason. He provides the accurate diagnosis and treatment for the thing that keeps you from living forever. He has come to heal you from your sin sickness and give his very own body and blood, his life for you as the most blessed medicine and the antidote for death. He has come to give you life with him forever. Amen.